0: Let's just jump right into it today. Welcome to Active Discourse, the multi-platform technology podcast. I'm Brett, the non Windows user on the show,
1: and I'm Bo, and I look through Windows every single day, and I wouldn't even know how to avoid that.
0: Ooh, you gotta get uh, specific on that, huh? Okay, all right. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> I don't know how Brett goes through his life just not using Windows at all. Do you use doors? I
0: don't have a witty comeback to that because I wasn't ready for this, but um, I look forward to more witty banter about Windows in a little bit here, I guess. Windows 11? 11 Windows? I don't know. I'll Um, see if
1: I can keep it up. (laughs) I set myself a high bar right here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll try my best to follow it. Um, (laughs) But some follow-up from previous episodes and other just, you know, small topics, Um, I want to talk about something interesting that I don't know if you saw or how many people saw this, because it kind of just happened and disappeared very quickly. This fall, iOS is going to have a very new feature that I think will come in handy in the future, which is it will allow users to stay on an old version of iOS. Um, Imagine that in a world where uh, you can choose not to upgrade to a new version of your operating system. Um, So in the fall, users will be able to say, no, I just want to stick with iOS 14 instead of upgrading to 15. And I think that's very interesting. What's your initial thoughts on that?
1: It is interesting. I... am I'm thinking that almost no one is going to stay on iOS 14. I guarantee that when faced with the option, the vast majority of consumers are going to say, "Yeah, I want the new thing." So, I think it's it's interesting to have the option, and I'm curious to see what the outcome is. I just I'm, I'm feeling like everyone's going to upgrade.
0: Yeah. I I do agree. Uh however, it's also genius that they did it this year because iOS 15 is an absolute no-brainer. It's actually a pretty small update, um, and uh, in using the beta software, it's it's pretty stable, as it is at beta 3. So um, it's a no-brainer this year, and what's, I think, a genius move about that is that if they were to roll this out on a year where, let's say it was an uh, during iOS 13's rollout, where iOS 13 was famously extremely buggy it was in extremely bad shape and it it put a sour, a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth i'm still kind of scarred from it myself and i've been hesitant ever since essentially and if they were to roll this out when uh it was a buggy year it might create kind of a meme where people are just like oh i'm just not gonna take the software updates I, I don't want the software updates, I don't trust Apple, and, you know, it gets into the headlines. You can delay the iOS 13 operating system if you so choose, and then it might inspire people to just do that instead of just accept it. Whereas this year, since it's there's going to be pretty much no reason to avoid iOS 15, I think the chance of that happening this year is lower, and I think every year there's always a chance that that could become a meme, but if it's a new feature and it's a buggy year. I think it has more of a chance. So, Apple might. I think had a, a pretty genius rollout here. So,
1: yeah, I I agree. It was a good place to do it if they're going to do it, and it's a perfect place as a testing round because they can they can see what users do. So, I think it's a win on both sides.
0: Um, it will make uh, supporting older operating systems harder, and I I do hope that Apple. Um, supports older operating systems a little bit better in the future. So a lot of the changes to Swift UI are only available in iOS 15 this upcoming year. And so if you're able to stay on 14, like three years down the line, it would kind of suck to continue supporting iOS 14 if, um, you know, like 20% of your users don't update. And then in which case you can't use... 2021's Swift UI updates, that would kind of suck, but I guess we'll see what happens.
1: Android has a little bit of that currently because yeah. a lot of people are still on older versions. Uh, the Android world sees a lot of that today because of the way that the Android update system works and all the different manufacturers. So that, that will be interesting to see if Apple can avoid getting into that kind of territory. So we'll have to keep an eye on it.
0: So another thing that's on my mind as well lately is uh, I've been using Edge a lot more lately. Um, The Safari Mm -hmm. on the uh, new versions of Apple's operating systems isn't great. And so it's kind of inspired me to look at Edge. Um, And one thing that I've also noticed a little bit more so almost every single month uh, over the course of the last year is that it, it... Appears that some websites are performing worse on safari like the banking service that i use for whatever reason there's this dumb bug that in safari the password and the username fields aren't recognized properly as password or username fields they think that i'm registering for the first time whereas i'm just at the front page trying to log in and safari doesn't recognize it as a place to input a username and password And it just makes me wonder whether or not my banking service doesn't test thoroughly against Safari. And that might be because they're only testing against Chrome, kind of similar to what happened with uh, Internet Explorer back in the day. Is that concerning?
1: It's a double-edged sword, because Safari is bad ooh, and doesn't support a lot of newer web features, and so... You get into the cycle where Safari doesn't support things, so developers don't want to use it, so they're not testing against it. But also, Safari literally just can't do some of the things that developers are looking to do and services are looking to do. I I do some amount of web development in my day job, and we run into this every once in a while, where Safari, it just isn't feasible even to support it for Mm. certain scenarios because it doesn't support so many features it safari is basically the new internet explorer
0: i would say that chrome is the new internet explorer because it's the default for everyone
1: but the problem is that safari and and when i say the new internet explorer i'm saying it's the new ie once ie stopped being updated because ie was commonplace but fell very behind very fast. And that's where Safari is right now. Chrome, on the other hand, is, for one, it's open source, and so there's a whole bunch of browsers that are built on the same source as Chrome, and and it's constantly updated. So it isn't running into those same compatibility issues. Uh, it's a whole different discussion to go into, yeah, is it worrisome that we're so dependent on Chrome in a lot of areas. Like you look at the major web browsers and they're all Chromium um, pretty much on all platforms, um, iOS excluded because they literally outlawed it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But Chrome is Chrome and Chromium, which is the foundation of it. uh, They form the backbone of a lot of web design stuff right now. And it's what the new edge runs on and actually, is very very good and so it, we are becoming a very dependent on it and that's a valid concern um, but it's not for no reason there's definitely a lot of good reason behind it becoming so ubiquitous
0: i don't know how i feel because i do like edge in this case i don't Know for sure if I would stick with Edge or if I would explore Brave or some other alternative. I know for a fact I won't be using Google Chrome per se, but I am considering migrating away from Safari, at least on Mac, uh, on my home Mac. And potentially it depends on how um, Safari goes in iOS 15 on my iPhone. And Another reason, even if it does go, if Safari does improve dramatically in the next versions, um, I might migrate over just so that I can kind of get the continuity ish, the continuity features, um, you know, synced tabs and synced history, etc. I might just migrate even if Safari is good because I, I don't know. I am noticing enough of my pages that I visit on a pretty frequent basis performing poorly. And it's just too bad because I... I do like Safari in general because of the fact that it's it has less of a RAM impact. And I notice that very much so. When I'm running X so my uh MacBook Air is eight gigabytes of RAM and I notice that I run into memory pressure issues when programming um and I have edge open versus Safari open. Mm-hmm. Just I do. That's that's what happens with 8 gigabytes of RAM, and I don't think I'll be getting an 8-gigabyte RAM computer again. But I don't have the issue with Safari. So I'm torn on the issue because I like the fact that Safari runs better on my Mac, but at the same time, if the websites don't run very well, then I I can't do it. Anyway, I'll keep an eye on that, and I'll let you know if I make a life change and switch to a different web browser. (laughs) So...
1: These are the updates that we have to keep each other, uh, you know, in touch with over time. <laughs> These are yeah. the life changes that are going on in our right. lives. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not bigger news, you know. You know. <laughs> Nothing at all. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. That's an inside joke because I got engaged. Just so everybody's aware.
0: <laughs> hey. Yep. 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 <laughs> it's excellent. It is excellent. Uh, Another thing that I've tried recently is Xbox Cloud Gaming. It launched a couple weeks back, and uh, I was super excited about trying it out, and um, it's a beta. They don't shy away from that. It's very much a beta, and you can tell it's a beta because the latency is pretty dramatic. Like I can't even play single-player games like Fable 2 Mm. on it. There's some... Static issue as well. For whatever reason, like the audio, and this was an issue when I was console streaming as well back uh, a couple months back. For whatever reason, the sound, like randomly, you'd hear like a tss, and it just ugh, be jarring.
1: <laughs> is it like loud in headphones? You... Yeah. Oh, God. It's not su- That's gross. It's
0: not super loud, but it is, yeah, it's crackling and yeah. it's disruptive and it's not good.
1: Ruins the immersion, man.
0: It is what it is. Uh So I was curious about the latency, though. Latency is really the big thing because the audio thing should be solvable. Latency Mm -hmm. is much harder to solve. So I tried a different service, and GeForce Now is another one that I tried, and it was really impressive. I'm blown away by how impressed I am with uh, that cloud service. Holy God. Um, Latency was hard to notice. Assassin's Creed Origins, which is a newer game that has higher graphics performance requirements not that new though but you know it's it's newer than the other game i tried that did uh have a few issues but it was playable and it was pretty good and within the first 15 minutes i i I could see myself playing through the rest of the game if i hadn't already beaten it um assassin's creed rogue though a game that was originally released in 2014 and remastered in 2018 That was extremely smooth. Like, I don't think I noticed really almost any latency issues whatsoever on it. It was, um, I was really impressed with it. Have you tried much cloud gaming?
1: I haven't tried any, actually. I've used remote play, obviously, which is, you know, on PlayStation and Xbox and uh, other things. I haven't used cloud, like, streaming gaming. And I was wondering while you were saying all this, have you used Stadia? You haven't, right?
0: I haven't tried Stadia, but I'm going to be trying Luna really soon here. But Stadia is something to consider.
1: I'm kind of wondering if I should give one of these a shot. And I, I feel like one of us should try Stadia and, and Luna and just mm-hmm. see how these work. Because I've, I've been curious about Stadia because I, uh, and I see you have a comment in the notes here about if you even want to get a new council. And I'm kind of on the other side of it. I still like my console a lot, and there's games that obviously exclusives are, you know, something that throws yep. wrenches yep. in all of these gears in our heads, but <laughs> for a PC, that's where I'm kind of thinking do I even need to get one because mm-hmm. there's all these services where I can just stream a PC game potentially. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very much thinking about this.
0: Yeah. I'm something something that's kind of turning in my head is when i i will eventually want a console because when i get a 4k 120hz display that will be a reason to get a hard hardware that i can put in my living room i'm still a little ways away from that though so until then i don't know how much i need a new console whatsoever cuz i mean i don't play games too much but when i do i want to see it in its absolute all of its absolute glory. So, what's going through my mind is this could con- get me into the PlayStation 5 realm for a dedicated console. But, and this is far from a plan, but it's just an idea that's going around in my head. I might just subscribe to Xbox Cloud Gaming and play. So, Fable is the next game that I want to play on Xbox that would convince me to get an Xbox One X or uh, Series X, whatever the hell they call them these days. Um, uh, that new Fable game would convince me to buy an Xbox. But if I can get like 90% of the experience because uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming will be powered by Xbox Series X's in the cloud. If I can get like 90% of the experience just by streaming Fable to my Mac or to my phone or to my iPad, whatever, I might just do that instead and play Fable and not invest $500 in a Xbox and invest $500 in a different console that has a whole different set of games that I've never played before and I know are quite good.
1: Yeah, I'm on the same page, especially with with Fable, uh, because yeah. the originals were good and I'm looking forward to the new ones. So if I can yeah. stream it somehow and avoid having to get the new Xbox i am definitely considering that option
0: one last thing on these things as well by the way so latency a while back when stadia launched and then when luna launched eventually both of those services have something very different about them which is they have a controller that connects to the internet it connects via bluetooth to your phone but it actually also connects to the internet theoretically all you need is a controller in order to play and i thought that was stupid at the time but what actually makes a lot of sense with it is that Wi-Fi has lower latency than Bluetooth. And obviously if you're Bluetoothing to your phone and then your phone is going to the internet, why don't you just cut out the middleman and connect right to the internet and reduce your latency? And all you have to do is connect the str- the display, your phone or your Mac or your iPad to the service and then it all just syncs up and then the only essentially latency that you see is what's on display I'm oversimplifying that dramatically but I'm actually really interested in that because I can very much see how that would produce even lower latency than Bluetooth to phone so when I try Luna which might be soon I might get a control or at least get it within a 14 day window to return it if I need to and try it that way it, just to see how the latency goes there, so that might be how I play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. By the way, all right, yeah. Anyway, one more gaming thing. This one kind of just came up in the last few days.
1: Yeah, this one, this one will actually transition a little bit into our main topic for the day. Uh, yeah. Valve just put out a little something something called the Steam Deck, which again is from Valve, not the similarly named Stream Deck, which is from Elgato. And is a totally different thing
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um Steam deck is a portable p c really just a handheld p c It's got um a seven inch touchscreen and then you know the pretty standard kind of it's a lot like the switch Nintendo switch um in terms of form factor and has pretty much all the kind of connectivity and buttons and Things that you'd expect with some really kind of nice additions. Um, it's actually got touchpads on both sides of the device. Has actually fairly good specs. I, From what I can tell, it's basically roughly equivalent to a PS4 or Xbox One. Main difference being it's outputting obviously to 720p not 1080p, so it, it gets a little performance boost because of that. It doesn't have to drive quite so much, but yeah. other than that, it's got like 16 gigs of RAM, and it's got a fairly high-powered AMD GPU in there, and just overall, like a really nice device and really tempting, actually.
0: Yeah, I so you don't have a Switch, right? I don't have a Switch. Okay. The magic of the Switch is honestly the, the library of... Nintendo games. The hardware itself is fine. I hate the fact that it has a plastic display, but whatever. The Steam Deck, it's really interesting. The thing that always kind of concerned me about um, Steam games, maybe this is an an old issue, but Steam games really like to be connected with mouse and keyboard. Assassin's Creed Origins did work well with a controller. I like to play my games with a controller. But I know there were games before that were not compatible with control at all. Like they say they were compatible, but really it was a second rate experience because of the fact that the game was built for mouse and mouse and keyboard. And obviously on the Steam Deck, you're not going to have a mouse and keyboard. There is a dock
1: or you could just plug it in with USB-C to a monitor and use it as a desktop PC with a mouse and keyboard. So there is that option. Aside from that, it's up to the game to design for things. So some games will be better than others, but I, I know there's definitely with Steam itself, and and now that they've got you know they've had a controller for kind of a desktop or, or a console oriented system, and now for this portable one, they've they've yeah. they've delved into controllers. So I think the the support is there on for as much as Valve can do. Uh, so it's up to the games and the the game designers to to incorporate hardware like controller support.
0: Yeah, and hopefully they're using the same hooks that the PlayStation Xbox controllers use, which would make sense. It's it's really interesting. Well, I don't I don't see it being like a out of this world commercial success, but it's either going to be one of the most popular ways to have portable games, or it's going to fizzle. <laughs> And it's gonna fizzle if either the games just don't uh, map out to a small screen like that very well, or if app de- or if developers don't support it, or if there's something funny with the drivers of the uh, of the graphics. There's a lot there that could go wrong, but I think it's a very interesting thing to try. And I think that anyone who gets it, I think, should be willing to be a beta tester because it's probably gonna be a beta start. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a new OS. I mean, for the most part, it's it's Valve's own Steam OS, which is it's Linux based, um, but it can run Windows games and everything. Anything that's on the Steam store, I think. But it's yeah, it's it's a new venture, and uh, I think it looks good so far. But yeah, absolutely, it's going to need to shake out, and I guess we'll see what what people think of it and how many people actually get it because I, I think. There's a certain people, uh, group of people in the middle who's going to probably really like this. I think for yep. people who are hardcore gamers, maybe this won't do enough because I don't, I, I don't think you're going to be able to run most games on Ultra or whatever. You know? Oh, <laughs> so I don't if think you any. Wanna plug it into your If you want to plug it into your computer even and run it uh, on a monitor, I don't think it's got the power to do that. I think most games, uh, especially newer ones, more graphically demanding ones, you're going to be running them on Medium. But it's a really cool device, and I think it'll be a, an easy route into PC gaming for people who don't invest into building a PC or things like that. So I really like it as a device, and think um, think it, it'll start shipping in December of this year. So it sounded like they were going to have it out before you know the holiday.
0: You're going to try to get one?
1: I don't think I'm going to get one right away. Okay. I say that now, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dbd i i may end up yeah. buying one we know how that
0: goes i would say if you're going to get one you have to get one with at least the faster storage the slower emmc i think is what it's called that's storage i don't think you should get so the base model don't get that
1: so it starts at 399 and that gets you 64 gigs emmc if you upgrade see what's 529 gets you 256 gigs on an ssd uh nvme and six forty nine gets you five hundred and twelve gigabytes.
0: NVMe is so stupid fast.
1: So yeah, the SSD is gonna be huge. So Oh my
0: god. Yeah. And NVMe drives are just so stupid fast it's just incredible. So
1: Right. So this is this is gonna be cool. I'm gonna be watching this one.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. I'd be curious. I'd be very curious to see it if you get it. So, otherwise, you might have to build a new PC because Windows 11 I don't think is going to support your new your old PC. So
1: yeah, let's jump right into that. So the main topic of the day, Windows 11. Yeah, my desktop uh, does not officially satisfy the requirements for Windows 11, and it's from what I can tell, it's only TPM which I have no idea what that is, just to be honest. I don't know what that is or why it would prevent my computer from from running Windows 11. From what I can tell, it's just some security module.
0: Yep. So do you have the fifth generation? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, what do I have? 6,700? Oh. Is that sixth gen? You Have a sixth gen, I, I believe. The first number is the generation, so um, okay, you have yeah, it's six an six, i7 6700. That's what it oh, is. Then you have a Skylake. then interesting. I swear we built your PC a year before mine because I have a sixth gen, but huh, all right, cool. You have a sixth gen. Um, yeah, <laughs> my, my <laughs> desktop PC at home also can't support Windows 10, um, it's been sitting. I'm obviously traveling right now, so it's been sitting uh, and not being used. But the future of that desktop is just a server, so um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that in the future. But I I listen to Windows Weekly, and there's been talk about how Microsoft is considering allowing the 7th gen to be supported. But TPM, I believe, has some considerations with... Uh, Spectre and Meltdown mm. mitigations, whereas the sixth generation Skylake doesn't have any mitigations at the hardware level at all. It's and I think all Intel and uh, ARM and AMD processors are still technically uh, Spectre Meltdown susceptible, but to varying degrees, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, your laptop though, you also have a laptop. Do you know uh, kind of off the top of your head? when you got it and what processor it might have
1: uh i i don't man when did i get that thing i think it was after my desktop but yeah i i haven't actually checked if the laptop uh, supports windows 11 or rather if windows 11 supports it i don't know (laughs) i haven't checked that i will probably do that
0: right after we get off of
1: this discussion
0: it'd just be a super bummer if you had two computers right in your household that can't get it. that old yeah <laughs> no. i mean like yeah. the
1: desktop it was november 2015 is when we built that yeah. um my laptop i think is newer than that and that that so that's only a few years old and yeah, if if neither of them support it at all. Although, I think I did see something where you can bypass TPM, just a quick search before we started talking today, mm. uh, where you can bypass that TPM requirement. Because that's, mm. that's the only thing, as far as I can tell, because I ran an app that, that yeah. breaks it down. It's called Why Not Win 11. Uh <laughs> and, <Funny> name. <laughs> and that was the only one that... Uh, that gave me a red X was that TPM requirement. So, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I would hmm. I would hope that uh, one of them at least can get it, or both, if I can, you know, work around it a little
0: bit. So, just at a high level, what are what are your thoughts on window 11? Are you Windows 11? Are you excited about it?
1: I am overall. I think it looks. I like the aesthetics of it. I think that Windows it desperately needs a graphical overhaul. Mm -hmm. But more than an overhaul, well, I suppose just a a thorough overhaul, it needs the older parts of Windows to catch up. There's a lot of cruft that has accumulated over the decades that Windows has been a thing. And Microsoft has not been good at keeping older parts looking like newer parts. It's mimatically bad at this point i'm i'm making up that word if it's not a thing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what does it mean
0: if it doesn't mean anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) all words are made up yes (laughs) um but i love the way windows 11 looks i really do like it they did have a lot of new stuff in there too like some of the window management um which is yeah. a big thing like with multiple monitors yeah. right now Windows 10 and previous do not handle multiple monitors well yeah. so it's great to see that they're focusing on that
0: yeah Mac OS doesn't handle multi monitors extremely well either and I think any any advancements to multi multi monitor because that's how a lot of people live these days uh, enterprise users a lot at least in my world anyway everyone gets two monitors I, Uh, at the enterprise in which I work. Um, And I feel like that's standard at the previous role that both you and I worked that we got two monitors. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon to get a laptop and a monitor or to get a laptop and two monitors. It's a thing that people do. So that's good. Yeah. I I think that the graphic design looks better on it as well. I, I am blown away by some of the windows 95 elements that do still remain in windows 11. But I also think that Microsoft just generally finds themselves in a pretty tricky situation anyway, because the people who use Windows fall into, like, I think, two major categories of people Uh, IT administrators who are administering the software to tons and tons of people who just need to use the computer to do day to day tasks. And then there's uh, enthusiasts who want to see the latest and greatest and breaking changes as soon as possible and i don't know microsoft just finds themselves in a tricky situation whereas if they if they get rid of the uh the control panel it will upset a ton of users on one side whereas if they don't it'll upset a ton of users on the other side it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard so
1: the third option is obviously to maintain both of them to have a control panel for power users but to have a settings app for casual users or just everyday people using Windows.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, I just, I I can't help but feel bad for Microsoft because of the fact that, I, I mean, Apple finds themselves in a different situation because they aren't a demanding presence in the enterprise ecosystem. So they can make changes and upset people but it doesn't ruin a ton of people's lives. Whereas if Microsoft were to take an Apple approach, whoever's the CEO in that situation would be fired within a year. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope you can get Windows 11 on your home computers. Would you so you mentioned building a new computer. Would you build a new computer explicitly so that you can get Windows 11? or what's your timeline on that?
1: I don't think I would, uh, just to get windows 11. Um, I think more likely is I'll find a workaround to get it installed on my current PC. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would build an entirely new PC cause I think I have some components I can reuse. I can probably use, reuse the power supply and you know, the, the Ram, the SSD. So I have stuff that I could reuse, but I was thinking about rebuilding it for gaming. Cloud mm. gaming might change that, but Yeah, I for sure wouldn't rebuild anything or upgrade just to get Windows 11. There's no way I'm going to do that. But I would like Windows 11, so I'll try and work around it if I can. I'm I'm sure I'll be able to. It looks like it's going to have some cool stuff, and I like the way it looks. Uh, Some of the kind of new things that they're putting in, we talked about their window management. Um, Mm. On top of the the multi-monitor support, they have uh, snap layouts. Don't know how much you saw of that, but it's a little bit of what they have um, in their Power Toys tool, which is something actually was one of my picks probably a year ago. Power Toys is like an open source little tool that is made by Microsoft, a revival of their like Windows 95 or whatever tool called Power Toys. And that has something called Fancy Zones where you can save layouts for Windows and quickly drag them into those places and move things into those layouts. And that's actually going to be built into Windows 11. So you can... um, I forget how you trigger it. You go over the Maximize button or something and and it shows a little window where it's different layouts. And you can click that and it puts the window there, moves things around. So stuff like that. It's also going to be... More efficient for Windows updates, which is good news for a lot of people. <laughs> Windows yeah. updates tend to be a controversial topic.
0: Actually, what's on that? So, what's changing in Windows updates?
1: It sounds like they're making them more, more like deltas. I guess uh, they're they're much smaller and more efficient, and they can actually happen in the background, so oh. it, it shouldn't bother you as as uh, disruptively as Windows updates kind of have in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what that looks like in practice yet, but that, that'll be nice.
0: Yeah, that would be nice, because on, on my side of the world, any operating system update, iOS or macOS, watchOS is a nightmare as well. All None of them are Delta updates. It's all Apple saying, hey, we're going to restart your your phone. Can you let us? And you play the dance of when you can or not. And it's not nearly as bad as on Windows where you're getting them maybe once a week and um it just interrupts you but it's it's not a super pleasant experience and I know that it's a reason why people put off updates as frequently as possible so I think a a non-intrusive update system would be sweet
1: and I I don't actually run into it
0: all that often
1: I don't even remember the last time I restarted my home PC because of an update
0: <laughs> fascinating I hear that all the time on Windows Weekly, where they're just frustrated on how this update software goes. It's interesting that you don't have any issues. I mean, it's it's cool that you don't have any issues with it. I just can't help but wonder what the regular world is all about. So
1: yeah, no idea. I (laughs) that's kind of why I say it's controversial because I know a lot of people. uh, It's talked about a lot. I wouldn't even say it's an issue for me. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the last time that, uh, windows updated and I just ran a check just now and it says I'm up to date and I'm all good. <laughs> so it's not like I'm six months behind or anything. So I don't think I've ever run into a situation where I'm busy and windows is trying to update every day and
0: haven't, I haven't run into that. We're running out of time, but I want to check in on two things. One, uh, Android apps. Um, I imagine you're going to be pretty happy with it, but is that like life-changing for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about
1: life-changing, but it is pretty cool. I would like to use my Reddit app, Boost, which is fantastic Android Reddit app. I, I would like to use that on desktop. That'd be pretty neat. And then there's probably a smattering of other Android apps that uh, I haven't really thought of that I might give a shot to and see how they work and maybe use them as quick little desktop apps. But I think it's very cool. And it Honestly, I think it gets Microsoft heading into possibly having a phone not too far in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the duo, the second generation duo is imminent. So we'll, we'll see how exactly they leverage Windows 11 with that. So mm-hmm. always on, always connected to the Internet. So it's at least at installation. But I can't help but wonder what happens after installation and what's required for home users pro users enterprise users can disregard that um if they'd like but do you i mean yeah how much do you care about needing a internet connection theoretically with windows 11
1: doesn't bother me personally but i know it's it's going to be a topic for privacy uh oriented Mm -hmm. folks it it sounds like an installation requirement to me um just for being able to install windows 11 home i'm thinking pro and enterprise don't require it, and post installation, it's probably not an issue either. It's I think it's just for installation, but I'm not super up to date with it. But if it's if it's required to be always connected,
0: I mean, it's going to be rare that you're not connected to the internet. Yeah, I'm I'm connected all the
1: time anyway. I guess the the bigger thing is you know it's your PC, um so all it's right. the question of like. I am always connected so it's not really a problem but ethically you're, you know that that whole thing is it like is this Microsoft's thing and I'm leasing it and I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if it does evolve into always being required to be connected and it's it doesn't seem like that's the case but right. if you can't ever use it off a Wi-Fi network obviously that would suck for a road trip. But I guess we'll see how it evolves in the future so we'll we'll see how that how that goes so yeah
1: i'd be surprised it, it failed for a reason when microsoft tried to do it with the xbox yeah. so i'd be surprised to see it work here if if that's indeed
0: what they're even trying to do you want to talk about uh windows 365 in the bonus episode sure cool Right. right let's save that for there so windows 11 not so many doors in this case but at least a few windows so I don't know. That's, yes,
1: several that, several windows that we will be trying to peer through over the next that was a, few
0: months. That was, I apologize for that dumb exit to the topic. Uh, you had done a with whole
1: the win- episode <laughs> to think about that in the background. You could have just totally ignored what yeah. I was talking about and just you know brainstorm on on your own. But oh well, just tried
0: it's, tried to talk about like windows at Home Depot or whatnot. How, how clear are these? Windows? <laughs> There's always moving. Yeah, yeah, moving, moving on. on. <laughs>
1: So Windows 11 overall seems very cool, looks aesthetically very good, has widgets and, well, AI-powered widgets even. It's got Teams built in, it's got rounded corners and uh, window management, so a bunch of cool stuff. Rolls in Windows 10X a little bit. Update improvements currently, I don't know if I'll get it right away, but I'll work around that eventually. I'll get it, I'll check it out, and we'll talk about it then, so... Uh, We'll see how Windows 11 goes as it starts to roll out.
0: Yeah, I hope you can get it on your computers. It would really be uh, unlucky if both your computers can't get it at all, but uh, I guess we'll see. So, all right, closing out this episode, picks, what do you got this week?
1: Pick time. I am still on the Dungeons & Dragons kick, so Mm. my pick is a game called Salasta Crown of the Magister. It's a Dungeons & Dragons game on... Uh, steam and which I could play on the steam deck if I ever end up getting that. So <laughs> you can find it at Salasta game.com. It is turn-based, which I ha- was never really interested in. I never really got into turn-based games until recently. For some reason, it's overall really well done and the combat works really well. It, it feels like you have to strategize a little bit and you have to have some party synergy and stuff. It is really lacking in areas like character animation Writing and voice acting.
0: Voice acting.
1: It's oh God, very I can really bad.
0: Imagine. <laughs> yeah.
1: The voice acting's terrible in some places, and the writing, too. Just like the phrases they use is like, really? Yeah. That's how you chose to. Like, it's very <sighs> anachronistic sometimes, you know, like yeah. out of character and out of world. So it's just strange sometimes. Nice. But otherwise, the game is really well done. So far, the story is pretty good. Uh, I like the combat and and all of the kind of features that they have there that they've kind of adapted from the tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. So it's very cool.
0: Nice. Uh, I believe there's a subreddit out there for bad voice acting, by the way. And oh, I, yeah, I'm sure. I I it's I don't think I've been on it any time recently, but I know I've seen a few videos highlighting bad no uh there was a nakey jakey video uh about bad voice acting oh that's right hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a side pick of ours oh, i
0: miss him he hasn't been around in a while but anyway uh he's not my pick today but he's always a he's always a pick in my heart <laughs> um i found a youtube channel called diy perks this dude is basically the ron swanson of tech He makes so many interesting things. And something got in his head a little while back where he wanted to reimagine the way fans work on computers. You know a fan where it's literally just a spinning circle of wind and it blows it over, you know, hot components. Well, he was just like, no, I don't want to have a fan. I want to create a bellow system. And he created like a cabinet, essentially, that has this gigantic... It's a gigantic PC that he essentially aspired to try to figure out how to cool a PC in a very different way. It's just hard to describe without you being able to like see this. So I just recommend checking out this video called "The Building the World's First Breathing PC. In summary, it has this like gigantic plate, essentially, that moves back and forth inside of a like a contraption, and as that plate moves, it pushes air, and the air pressure moves the air over the PC components. It's bizarre, and it's amazing. This dude is so good at coming up with unique ideas and basically just willing this, these concepts into existence. Another concept that is much easier to describe is... <laughs> He wasn't super pleased with the plasticky uh, case of the PS5, and so he decided to make a PS5 case out of brass. Gnarly. And it looks beautiful. Yeah. I think you specifically will be interested in the, the brass PS5 video.
1: He's also got one where he made it out of wood and carbon yep. fiber.
0: Yep. Yep, the wood one was very unique because what he was trying to do with the wood PC or with the wood PS5 was to make it not look like a PS5, just a an -hmm. appliance that was uh, like that's timeless, essentially, Um, and he did a good job with it. But yeah, the the, honestly the the brass PS5 one was extremely entertaining because the edges of the PS5 are hard to reproduce especially with brass like a hard metal like brass so the way he did that was extremely impressive
1: yeah very cool yeah he's his uh ps5 videos are interesting and i've looked at a quick clip uh, at the end of his breathing pc video and it's it's like an iron lung for a computer so (laughs) that's interesting
0: (laughs) it's nuts it's absolutely nuts both both videos will be in the show notes and uh they're like 20 minutes long typically he's just so he's so smart he's literally i not sorry ron swanson's probably the wrong phrase because he's much nicer than ron swanson but <laughs> the technical prowess is spot on so yeah super yeah. cool yep all right that's it for today uh we will have a bonus episode because i have uh at least one other topic if not two for beau um that is l- uh, will take a little bit longer. So, thank you for listening. Um, if you have any feedback or questions or topic suggestions, feel free to reach out to us um, on Twitter. We are at Active Discourse. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this, but uh, if you want to subscribe, you should subscribe. I don't know if that's obvious, but you should if you like our show. <laughs> You're Just right. So that, that has
1: always felt obvious, and we have never said it. <laughs> we have never once said it.
0: Yeah. I don't know how someone. I... I don't know if anyone's ever heard someone say, hey, subscribe, as a reminder to say, oh, yeah, I like these guys. I want to keep on hearing from them. I I feel like that should be obvious, that if you want to keep on hearing from us, you'll subscribe. But uh, subscribe, (laughs) if if it wasn't obvious.
1: Yeah, smash that subscribe button.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) we'll see you again soon, and um, be on the lookout for a bonus episode in July. See you
1: in the next one.